0: Lord. Amen and amen. You may be seated uh, tonight in the name of the Lord. We're going to uh, look into the word of the Lord this evening for a Bible study, and I'm grateful for everyone that is here tonight. I know the roads are are getting slick out there, and uh, we're grateful that you were able to make it in, that you got here safely, and know and pray that you have a safe return home. Amen. But we're looking into the word of the Lord uh, tonight, and I want to continue on the uh, line of thought that we have been studying the first month of this year, which has been uh, the matter of of uh, good habits, strong disciplines, mature Christians. Good habits. Everybody say good habits. Everybody say strong disciplines. Everybody say mature Christians. Amen. We want to become mature Christians because that, those are the kinds of Christians that can reach the world. Those are the kinds of Christians that can, can stand strong in trying times. And, and our families need us to be mature Christians. Our communities need us to be mature Christians. Uh, our church needs us to be mature Christians. And so we want to become mature Christians. And the way that that happens is by maintaining strong disciplines. And, and disciplines don't just become strong overnight. They become strong because of, of habits we commit to. And, uh, and good habits that, that, that begin to ingrain themselves in our spirit and into our character. The first habit, discipline, that we began to talk about the uh, first Wednesday in January, uh, the first night was the habit and discipline of prayer. The habit and discipline of prayer. Uh, Sometimes it's hard to pray. Uh, Sometimes it's difficult for people to uh, set aside the time to pray, to cut from the carnal uh, applications of life. You know, you're going to work, you're you're, uh, going about your day, and you are trying to uh, now move from that into a vein of praying, and sometimes that's challenging. So we talked about... The importance of of entering into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise and that opens up that opportunity then for you to enter into a season of prayer and then of course we studied the following week on the matter of reading the word of the lord uh, and studying the word of the lord and uh, memorizing the word of the lord and of course uh, teaching the word of the lord obeying the word of the lord and, uh, and hearing the word of the Lord. This is how we can have a well-rounded relationship with God's word. So, so one good habit that leads to a strong discipline that helps you become a mature Christian is that habit, discipline of prayer, and then the habit, discipline of the word of God. Having a, a habitual relationship with the word of God. Having a disciplined Uh, relationship with the word of God you know we can get lost in saying hey I've been serving God for however many years or months you want to put in there but if you don't have regularity of prayer regularity of exposure to the word of God then it doesn't matter how long you've been serving the Lord and this is why It's not because God is ineffectual. It's not because the Holy Ghost in us is ineffectual. You know, some people say that once you receive the Holy Ghost, that ought to be good enough. Well, the Holy Ghost has all the power we need the Holy Ghost to have. But this that you're looking at right now is a body of death. That's what this is. You've got one. I've got one. And every other person in this world you've seen has one. A body of this death. And Paul called it that. And he was so, so uh, distressed about it that he said, Oh, wretched man that I am. Who shall deliver me from the body of this death? So So as long as you and I have a body of death to deal with a body of death that needs to be changed to immortality that needs to be changed to incorruptible as long as we have that it will war against what the spirit is trying to do inside of us so if you go for for any space of time any span of time without praying without having relationship with the word of god then that body of death you have we call it the flesh That flesh is going to begin to wage war. Peter called it war when he said, abstain from fleshly lusts, the lusts of this death body. Abstain from the lusts of this death body because those lusts war against your soul. And here people are flirting with those lusts and people are dabbling in those lusts when in fact those lusts are committed to war against our souls. So as long as we have a body of this death, then we have to take very seriously the matter of having a proper prayer relationship with God and having a proper relationship with the word of the Lord. Amen. And so tonight we're talking about another area of good habit that uh, is important to develop into a strong discipline and ultimately it will result in you and I. Uh, adding to the matter of us becoming mature Christians and it is this uh, the relationship that you and I have with the church of the Living God the relationship you and I have with the church it's very important as mature Christians that we have a strong relationship with the body of Christ and and so it is that uh, that that this is very important why is it important uh, one, because God absolutely loves his church. And we, we say this a lot and we mean it. This is his church. This is his church. And, and, and this, of course, is a collection of people. This, we call it a local assembly. We, we even call it the local church. Uh, what we mean is a local assembly because the church is worldwide. Uh, you've got brothers and sisters you've never met. Uh, in this city you 've got brothers and sisters that you 've never met. Uh, you and I have brothers and sisters on different continents that we have yet to, to meet, and they are as much our brother and sister as the person sitting near you in this setting tonight. But this is a local assembly and and God loves the church this we call it a local assembly because this is the place where we assemble together. To have a collective encounter with the Lord and it's a very important thing that we're that we're describing God loves the church he loves the church so much that he manifested himself in flesh and he gave himself for the church as a matter of fact to the husbands when he was trying to illustrate to to husbands how they should love their wives and he was looking for the absolute best example of of love that he could that he could find and of course there is no greater example of love than that of the sacrifice of Christ and so he said husbands love your wives just like Christ loved the church and how did he love the church he gave himself for the church that's how we are to love our wives gentlemen and and he explained that to us and that gives you an idea of what God thinks of the church he loves the church so much that he gave himself for the church this is an example of how we should feel about the church give ourselves for the church give ourselves for the work of the Lord God didn't just save us but he saved us to be in his bride. See, you and I as individuals are the children of God. But you and I as a collection of individuals are the bride of Christ. And he has intimacy with the bride of Christ. His intimacy is reserved for his bride. So this is where we have intimacy with God in the context of the church. So how can we have a proper relationship with the church of the living God. Uh, One is attend church, church attendance. Uh, Now, we think we know what that word means. And, of course, there's this very interesting verse in the word of the Lord that I want to read to you, Hebrews chapter 10. And verse 25, verse 24, it says, well, let's go ahead and read verse 23. Why not? Hebrews 10, 23, they're all good. Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful that promised. And let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another And so much the more as you see the day approaching. So what he's describing here is the fact that it is paramount, of paramount importance. That even as the coming of the Lord draws nearer, that we assemble ourselves together more and more and more as we see that day approaching. And and, and that, of course, is referring to Sunday morning. That's referring to Sunday night. That's referring to Wednesday night. But that's also referring to have lunch with one another. And have breakfast with one another. And and, and meet up with one another. And have fellowship with one another. And commune with one another. Because there is a provocation to good works. There's an exhortation to good works that exists within the context of fellowship in the church you know what I'm talking about. You can be having the worst couple days of your life and be, I mean Sunday night can roll around and you just on cloud nine and, and having a Holy Ghost time and you're ready to take on the world Monday morning and then you get to work and the devil shows up and he's asking you to make copies and send faxes and and you're trying to figure out what in the world happened to Sunday, that high, a spiritual high that I was on. Well, you're in this world, you know, you're in this world and, and you're beginning to have, to have a, you're having effects from the world. So it's important that we understand how needful it is that we join one another, that we have relationship with one another and have, have a communion with one another. Be involved with devotionals. Read your devotionals and share those devotionals with somebody. When you have a a thought flash through your mind from the word of the Lord, have folks that you can text, that you can email and say, I got to share with you what the Lord spoke to me this morning. And they're going to have something for you. Share your testimony with somebody. And what you will find is there will be an exhortation to good works, a provocation unto love and to good works, So don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together, and that becomes even more important as we see the day approaching. So attend church. Now attend, we think that means show up, and that's certainly a part of it, but it's not the totality of that word attend. Attend means listen to, take heed to, come show up, And listen and be engaged in what it is that is happening. We find this in Psalm 61 in verse 1 where the word of the Lord says, Hear my cry, O God, and attend unto my prayer. From the ends of the earth will I cry unto thee. When my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. So when you come into the house of God... Don't just come to check off the box. All right, I checked the good habit of going to church off. Oh, I checked off the good habit, the strong discipline. Yes, make it a good habit. Let it, let it uh, form into a strong discipline. But the only way that it will really develop you and I into mature Christians is if we are taking heed to what is happening in the body of Christ and in what we call a church service. Now, now, we, we, we use terms kind of flippantly, uh, but those are the terms that we're used to. So we don't have to go on a crusade to get rid of the term church service. We certainly know that the church is more than this building. And we certainly know that service is more than 10.30 to 12 on Sunday morning and 6 to 7.30 on Sunday night. But that's what we call it, a church service. And, and what we're doing when we gather together is we are coming to hear the word of the Lord. And we're coming to receive the word of the Lord. And we're coming to praise God and worship God together with the bride of Christ and the body of Christ. So what do we do when we come to the house of the Lord and come to a church service and, and enter into this place? Folks, it's more than, it's more than just coming to church with people you know you are entering into a sacred encounter with God a sacred experience with the Lord because God comes to attention when his people gather together in his name and endeavor to enter into his presence where two or three are gathered in his name there he is in the midst of them The Lord is that Spirit. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. So what happens when we enter into the house of the Lord? We enter into His gates with thanksgiving. We enter into His courts with praise. We are thankful unto Him and we are blessing His name. Very important that when we come to the house of God and to a church service... That we come in praising the Lord. That we come in worshiping God. That we express our love to the Lord and our gratitude to the Lord. Psalm 34 and verse 1. I will bless the Lord at all times. And his praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make her boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear thereof and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt His name together. Not separately. Now, now we can do that while we're out and about, going about our respective routines. But but there is a time, there is a place. There are multiple times and multiple opportunities for us to come together and lift our voices together, magnifying the Lord and exalting His name. Now there is power in that. Somebody likened it to a vapor that is ascending upward. And as that vapor ascends upward, then, then all of a sudden there is a rain that comes down. Somebody said that's, that's the way that the praise to God operates. When the praises go up, the blessings come down. The glory comes down. And this is so true. Let me show you in Isaiah chapter 6 a vision that Isaiah had. One of the great visions of the word of the Lord. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw also the Lord sitting upon a throne, high and lifted up. And his train filled the temple. Above it stood the seraphims. Each one had six wings. With twain he covered his face. With twain he covered his feet. And with twain he did fly. Now did you know all that was going on while you were in church? you thought you thought we were just going to come together and hope they sing my favorite song or I hope that this goes right or that goes right or I hope that, I hope that, that this happens according to my preference or, or that happens according. No, no, no. When you come to the presence of God, God is in position to receive praise and glory and worship and adoration. Let me, let me skip over here to the book of Hebrews and describe a little bit of what we're finding when we come into the house of the Lord. you got to understand, this thing is so much bigger than Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. But when we come into the presence of the Lord, Hebrews chapter 12, verse 22, you are come unto Mount Zion and unto the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, to an innumerable company of angels, to the general assembly and church of the firstborn. Which are written in heaven and to God the judge of all and to the spirits of just men made perfect and to Jesus the mediator of the new covenant and to the blood of sprinkling that speaketh better things than that of Abel. That's what you're walking into when you walk into the presence of the living God. You're walking into the purpose of God, into the truth of God, into the covenant of God, into the power of God, into the glory of God, into the wisdom of God. That's where you are when you stand in the presence of the Lord. It's not just a feel-good feeling. It's not just a little emotional bump here or there. No, it is the glory. Hallelujah. The glory. Of the living God hallelujah so Isaiah said I saw it in the year that King Uzziah died I saw it I saw the Lord sitting upon a throne hi and lifted up and his, his train and that word train means the hem of his garment the hem of his garment filled the temple above it stood the seraphims each one had six wings and with two of those wings they covered their face and with two of the wings he covered his feet and with two of those wings he did fly and notice this and one cried unto another and said holy Holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the posts of the door moved at the voice of, not them, of him. The posts of the door moved at the voice of him that cried. And the house was filled with smoke. Now listen to what happens as a result of one seraphim, just one, a seraphim who's never been redeemed, a seraphim who doesn't have the song of the saints, a seraphim who doesn't have the testimony of the righteous, a seraphim who's just exposed to the glory of God and can't take it anymore. And he had to cry out and say, holy is the Lord. His his face was covered because he couldn't Bear to look upon the holiness of God. God was too holy for even the seraphim to look upon. And, and he, he, he finally cries out, holy, holy, holy is the Lord. The whole earth is full of his glory. And at the voice of that one seraphim, then said Isaiah, whoa is me for I am undone because I am a man of unclean lips and I dwell in the midst of a people with unclean lips for mine eyes have seen the king the lord of hosts then flew one of the seraphims unto me having a live coal in his hand which he had taken with the tongs from off the altar he laid it upon my mouth and so lo this hath touched thy lips thine iniquity is taken away and thy sin purged also I heard the voice voice of the Lord saying whom shall I send who will go for us then said I here am I send me I'm going to tell you what happened there the power of God moved the posts of the doors of the temple Smoke filled the temple of the Lord. And it affected Isaiah to such a degree that he fell on his face and said, Woe is me. I am undone. I am a man of unclean lips and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. And at that moment, a seraphim took from off the altar a live coal with the tongs. He couldn't even touch that coal with his hands until he took it off the altar with the tongs. And he laid it upon Isaiah's lips and said this hath touched thy lips hath taken away thy iniquity thy sin is purged and the Lord then said who shall go for us who shall go for us and Isaiah said here am I Lord send me the presence of God transformed Isaiah in a moment from a man of unclean lips to an evangel of fire sent by God to reach his world How did all that happen? Because one seraphim said, he's holy. Now imagine what would happen if you said he was holy and you said he was holy and you said he was holy and all of us together said, holy, holy, holy is the Lord. I'll tell you what would happen. The posts of the door would move and smoke would fill the temple of God. And sinners would fall to their face and say, woe is me, I'm undone. I'm a man of unclean lips. And angels would start flying with coals from off the altar. Iniquity would be taken away. Sin would be purged. The voice of God would go forth calling whosoever will. And prophets would receive their anointing. I said prophets would receive their anointing and go forth to do what God called and commissioned them to do that's why it's important that we praise and worship God together to create an environment where angels can fly to create an environment where smoke can fill the temple of the Lord to create an environment where Isaiah can repent to create an environment where Isaiah can hear God clearly say who will go environment where isaiah can rise from his repentance and said here am i lord send me it's not so you and i can get our chill bumps it's not so you and i can get our praise on it's so that we can praise god hallelujah in such a way that we bring heaven to earth it's so that we can sit together in heavenly place i'm going to say that one more time sit together in heavenly places. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together so that we can sit, not just sit in heavenly places, but sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. We are to experience this call of God, this work of God, we're to experience it together. Hallelujah. And so come to the church. Come to the church, service, attend, attend, and worship God. Praise God. Hear the word of God. Romans 10:17, "So then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. See, here's, here's why it's important to be regular attendees of church, because the Word of God is ministering to the collective body of Christ. You are receiving the word of God for his church. You're not just receiving the word of God for yourself. You're receiving the word of God for his church, for his body. The same, the same, see, it's, 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 it's connected to the brain. It's connected to the mind of Christ. See, it is the mind of Christ that gives the body its marching orders. So so right now, do you know how many messages my brain is sending my body just so that my legs will move this way and my hands will do this and my hand will hold this microphone and my, my eyes are being told the same thing that my hand is being told. They're all doing different things, but they're all working together to make sure I get across this platform and look out over this audience and hold this microphone and speak these words. My tongue, my eyes, my ears, my hands, my feet, my legs are all being told the same message and each of them are doing different things to accomplish what my mind is telling them to do that's the way the body of christ works the word of god goes forth and the word of god ministers to the whole body of christ and the whole body of christ is comprised of different members many members not one member but many members, and, 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 and all of those members are given the same message, and all of them respond to that same message in their respective gifting and in their respective calling, but to the same end and with the same result in mind. And so that's how that the body of Christ works. Amen. So number one, attend the church. So that you can attend church, so that you can hear the word, it is a refreshing to your soul. So that you can praise God and worship God together with the body of Christ, with the bride of Christ. So that you can, uh, so that you can be in that collective body and receive that that central messaging from the Spirit of the Lord. To build the church, build the church. We have all of us, every one of us, received the great commission. To go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature you say well I don't know if I'm called to preach you are incorrect you are absolutely called to preach maybe not maybe not from the pulpit but you are absolutely called to preach this gospel to whosoever will Share the word of God. You don't have to be an orator. You don't have to be eloquent. You don't have to be. You don't have to be a scholar. You don't have to be a theologian. All you've got to do is is be commissioned by God to share this gospel and deliver this truth. Hallelujah to every lost soul. And and I'm telling you, there are people working next to you that need you to fulfill the great commission. And there are people working down the hall from you that need you to fulfill the great commission. And there are people that you're rubbing shoulders with and interacting with on a day basis that need you to understand that you are to fulfill the great commission build the church you know how the church is built it's not built with stone it's not built with mortar it's not built with built with with with, with natural building components it's built with people God builds the church as he builds people as he builds people he calls people from the fold therein to his sheepfold so that he may be shepherd of all notice what the word of the Lord says and you say I don't know that my testimony is much I mean I don't even know if people would be interested don't kid yourself and certainly don't go by the reaction you get from them because they're lost and when a person is lost that that means they're lost That means they're confused. That means they've been blinded. And so you and I have a responsibility to be confident in the gospel of Jesus Christ, to be confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in us is able to perform it, hallelujah, and keep that which I've committed against that day. Notice in John chapter four, verse 21, what the word of the Lord says. Jesus is having a conversation with a woman at the well in Samaria. And he says unto her, woman, believe me, the hour cometh. When you shall neither in this mountain nor yet at Jerusalem worship the Father. You worship, you know not what. We know what we worship, for salvation is of the Jews. But the hour cometh, and now is, when the true worshiper shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeketh such to worship him. God is a spirit. And they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. The woman saith unto him, I know that Messiah cometh, which is called Christ Christ. When he is come, he will tell us all things. Jesus saith unto her, I that speak unto thee am he. Amen. And upon this came his disciples and marveled that he talked with the woman. See, disciples messing everything up. They're messing everything up. We can't be like that. We want to be like the apostles more than the disciples. I want to say that one more time. We want to be more like the apostles than the disciples. Notice that when the disciples were disciples, they were messing everything. They marveled that he's talking to this woman. Here Jesus is getting ready to open the whole door to the Samaritans through this woman. And the disciples are amazed he would have anything to do with her. And these are the same guys that look at the kids who are clamoring to get close to Jesus. And they're like yanking them away from him. Don't trouble the master. They were always messing messing things up. They looked at the woman that was pouring oil upon his feet, and they said, if he knew what kind of woman this was. One disciple said, what what purpose is there to this waste? they, 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 as disciples, as unregenerated people, they were a hindrance to what God was doing. But when they were filled with Holy Ghost power, They became the conduit through which God would do his work. Now, not only are they not a hindrance anymore, but they're actually the ones walking up to lame people at the gate called beautiful, saying, silver and gold, have I none, but such as I have, give I thee in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. So they went from being a hindrance to being... A help, and that's what we have to be. We cannot be a hindrance to what God is doing. We have to be a, a a an individual that is a conduit through which God can work. And that is that is what He called us to be. And that's what we are when we're filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. But here they are, unregenerated, unfilled with the Holy Ghost as of yet. And they came upon this and they marveled that he talked with this woman. And no man said, yet no man said, What seekest thou, or why talkest thou with her? Well, they had enough sense not to. Not to try to resist him like that. The woman then left her water pot, went her way into the city, and saith to the men, Come see a man which told me all things that I ever did. Is not this the Christ? Then they went out of the city and came unto Jesus. Now you go on down to verse number 39. And the scripture says this. Many of the Samaritans of that city believed on him for the saying of the woman. They believed on Jesus because of her testimony. It it was simply her saying you won't believe what he did for me let me tell you what he did for me let me tell you what he said to me and they believed on him because of her testimony don't ever underestimate the power of your testimony hallelujah i'm telling you god is opening the door to the samaritans in john chapter four and he's doing it through this woman and so the bible says that they believed on him for the saying of the woman which testified he told me all that I ever did so when the Samaritans were come unto Jesus they besought him that he would tarry with them and he abode there two days and many more believed because of his own word so your testimony will be persuasive enough for many people and they will come to him and even those who aren't persuaded by your testimony if you can bring them to Jesus then he'll persuade them with his own word. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. John chapter 12. John chapter 12, verse number 1. Well, before we do that, actually, we're going to come back to John chapter 12. But let's look at Acts chapter 8 because what I think is really cool, let's look what happened with this Samaritan. Because it all started at a well in Samaria. But in Acts chapter 8, verse 5, then Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ unto them. You know, the one that told the woman all that ever was preached Christ unto them. And the people with one accord gave heed unto those things which Philip spake. Hearing and seeing the miracles which he did for unclean spirits, crying with loud voice, came out of many that were possessed with them and many taken with palsies and that were lame were healed. Healed. And there was great joy in that city. And it all started with the testimony of a woman at a well. John chapter 12, verse number 1. Then Jesus, six days before the Passover, came to Bethany, where Lazarus was, which had been dead, whom he raised from the dead. There they made him a supper, and Martha served But Lazarus was one of them that sat at the table with him. And so notice what happens in verse number 9. Much people of the Jews therefore knew that he was there and they came not for Jesus' sake only. But that they might see Lazarus also whom he had raised from the dead. See, some people won't even come just to see Jesus. They'll come to see you because they saw you in grave clothes. And now you're sitting at the table eating with Jesus. Some people, won't, some people don't want anything to do with religion, but, but they are interested in the fact that the last time they saw you, you were hungover. And now you're sitting at the table eating with Jesus. They are interested in the fact that the last time they saw you, you were rude and hateful and arrogant and stubborn. But now you're sitting at the table eating with Jesus. This is how you and I build the church is that we take this testimony that he brought me out of the miry clay and set my feet upon a rock to stay. We come with this testimony that that, that I I was sinking deep in sin, far from the peaceful shore, deeply stained within, sinking to rise no more. But the master of the sea heard my despairing cry, hallelujah, with gentle hand he lifted me. And how safe am I? Love lifted me. Love lifted me when nothing else could help. Love lifted me. Hallelujah. I'm telling you what, they may not, they may not come for, for religious purposes, but they'll come for that. I want to see, I want to hear, I want I want to see what in the world changed them. It's real. This is real. <laughs> This is real. This, this Holy Ghost power, is real. This isn't put on. It's real. Hallelujah. It is the answer. It's not one of the answers. It's not a good idea. It's not something folks ought to try. It is the power of God under salvation. Hallelujah. And they will come to see Lazarus. And they will believe at the testimony of the woman at the well in Samaria. So, so attend church. Build the church. Serve the church. Serve the church. Serve it gladly. Be grateful to serve the church. You're not serving, uh, you're not serving a man. This isn't an empire. This is a kingdom. And, and, and the kingdom has a king. And the king's name isn't, it starts with a J, but it's not Joel. (laughs) Hallelujah. His name is Jesus. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, praise the Lord, says in verse 14, the body is not one member, but many. And we're going back to what we talked about earlier, but it's important to read what the scripture says. If the foot shall say, because I am not the hand, I am not of the body. Is it therefore not of the body? And if the ears shall say, because I'm not of the eye, I'm not of the body. It's, it's, you know, the ears looking at the eye like, well, not looking at the eye, but I guess listening to the eye. <laughs> saying, because I'm not, because I'm not the eye, am I not of the body? Is it therefore not of the body? See, we can do that sometimes. We can look at somebody who's so gifted and so effective and so anointed. And we can start thinking maybe, well, maybe I don't really matter. That's the devil talking to you. Don't get envious of somebody else's gift. Don't get envious of somebody else's anointing. Rejoice in the anointing that God has placed upon them. And if you'll rejoice in the anointing God has placed on them, I'm telling you, the anointing of God will increase in you. See, God can trust you if you will recognize envy for what it is and rebuke it out of your life. And say, get thee behind me, Satan. Envy has no place in my mind. And envy has no place in my spirit. There will always be room for your flesh to envy because there will always be somebody that, that our flesh will point out to us that, oh, they're better than you at this and they're better than you and other folks think they're better than you. Forget all of that. That's all of the devil. That's all the distraction of our adversary. What matters is God called me. God sought me out. God bought me. God lifted me. God anointed me. God appointed me. God gave me a gift. God gave me a talent. And I'm going to use it to the glory of God. And if there are a thousand other people who are a hundred times better than me, so be it. But I'm still going to take what God gave me and use it to the glory of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So, so don't, 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 don't get caught up in that. Now are there many members yet, but one body. The eye cannot say unto the hand, I have no need of thee. Nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. Nay, much more those members of the body which seem to be more feeble are necessary. They are necessary. And those members of the body which we think to be less honorable... Upon these we bestow more abundant honor, and our uncomely parts have more abundant comeliness. For our comely parts have no need, but God hath timbered the body together, having given more abundant honor to that part which lacked, that there should be no schism in the body. No schism in the body. No division in the body. No, no thing that causes a, a, a dividing wedge in the body. No thing that, that seeks to be some kind of a cancer running rampant in the body. In Jesus' name, never. Not in this holy body of Christ. Never. No schism in the body. But that the, and here's how, here's, here's how you avoid a schism in the body. Here it is. But that the members should have the same care one for another. That the members should have the same care one for another. Care one for another. Love one another. You know how you do that? Pray for one another. Pray for them. You say, I don't know if I care that much about them. Well, you need to pray for them and you need to get a little you know, a care in your heart for them. If you start praying for them, God will show you what they need. And you'll start having compassion. You'll start having empathy. You'll start caring because you'll realize that the anger you had or the envy you had or the resentment you had was all unwarranted and it was all a trick of the devil to keep you from caring for a member of this body. Hallelujah. And whether one member suffer, all the members suffer with it. Or one member be honored. All the members rejoice with it. Now ye are the body of Christ and members in particular. And God has said some in the church. First apostles, secondarily prophets, thirdly teachers. After that miracles, then gifts of healings, helps, governments, diversities of tongues. Are all apostles? Are all prophets? Are all teachers? Are all workers of miracles? Have all the gifts of healing? Do all speak with tongues? Do all interpret? But covet earnestly the best gifts. And I love this. And yet show I unto you a more excellent way. And that is, that is actually the beginning of 1 Corinthians 13. Covet earnestly the best gifts. Go after the very best gifts that God offers his church. Do it. But I show you, Paul said, a more excellent way. Because here... This is how all of the gifts can flow through you. Because though I speak with tongues of men and of angels and have not agape love, I am become a sounding brass or a tinkling cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge. And I don't know anybody who can say that they can do that. But this is what Paul said. He said, if, even if I did have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge. And though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains and I don't have love, I am nothing. Though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor and though I give my body to be burned and have not love, it profits me nothing. Do you know, it's interesting that it says that, it profits me nothing. That means that if Paul were standing In judgment and said all of the goods that I had I sold them and I bestowed all that I had to feed the poor and in addition to that I was martyred at the stake but had not love it profited him nothing love is the thing that causes all of the gifts to flow freely love suffers long love is kind love envies not love vaunteth not itself love is not puffed up love does not behave itself unseemly it seeketh not her own love is not easily provoked love thinks no evil love rejoices not in iniquity love rejoices in the truth love bears all things love hopes all things believes all things endures all things love never fails whether there be prophecies they shall fail and whether there be tongues they shall cease and whether there be knowledge it shall vanish away for we know in part we prophesy in part but when that which is perfect is come then that which is in part shall be done away when i was a child i spake as a child i understood as a child i thought as a child but when i became a man i put away childish things for now we see through a glass darkly but then face to face now i know in part but then shall i know even as also i am known now abideth faith Hope and agape love. And as great as faith is, and as wonderful as hope is, the greatest of these is the love of God. You want to know how to serve the church? Gladly, willingly serve the body of Christ. Care for the members of the body. Love. Love. The love of God. It is the love of God that puts you in front of those children teaching Sunday school. It is the love of God that brings you to the house of God to say, what what can I do to help? What is there? And and for for heaven's sake, like literally for heaven's sake, don't criticize the church. Serve the church. If there's an area worthy of criticism, and there are plenty, always, 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 but but never let that be your role to, to aim an arrow of the enemy at Christ's bride. Never. Never. Because you know what? You're going to have to answer for that with him. He's real fond of his bride. He really loves her. And he knows everybody who aimed arrows at her. Don't use it as an opportunity to aim arrows of the enemy at Christ's bride. But take it as an opportunity to say, God, what can I do to help Your church. Love will make you do that. Love will make you do that. Love will lead you in that path of righteousness where you are sold out to serving God by helping His church become all that He envisions it being. Without spot, without wrinkle, washed in the blood of the Lamb. A glorious church. So attend church, build the church, serve the church, and then finally pray for the church. Pray for the church. Hallelujah. Pray the blessing of the Lord upon the church. Pray unity in the church. Pray it in the name of Jesus. Say, Lord God, help us always to be unified under your great name and in your great purpose. Help us always to have unity. Folks, I'm going to tell you, the gift that we must give our children is this gift. A united Pentecostal church. It's necessary to give them a church united. Because I'm going to tell you what. When, when, when the enemy came in on David's flock, he didn't want David. He wanted those sheep. When the enemy comes in on the flock, it's easy for him to, to, to try to get folks Firing at each other and shooting at each other and, and at, at odd odds against one another, and, and, and he doesn't care about he doesn't care about about getting us. He cares about getting the sheep that are here right now, teenagers in that youth center that are worshiping God children and kids power hour worshiping God who they're just they're just eager to live for God they're just happy to serve the Lord they're just following our example oh wouldn't the devil want us wouldn't he just love it if we ever would divide if we would ever have ought against one another so that he oh he's not trying to wound me he's trying to wound the next generation he's trying to scatter those sheep so david don't 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 get all up in arms for your sake. It's it's not about you. It's about the life of those sheep. The wolf doesn't want David. The lion doesn't want David. The bear doesn't want David. They want those sheep. David fought because the life of the sheep depended on it. This is why we strive for unity in the body of Christ. Because the life of the sheep depend on it. The life of the sheepfold, the life of our children, the life of the next generation, our community needs us to be united. Our young people need us to be united. Our children need us to be united. And I thank God for the unity that exists at First Apostolic Church because that's where the Lord commands the blessing. And that's where God is taking us, how He's taking us into the dimension of revival that He's taking us. So pray for the church. Pray for the church. Pray for the elders of the church. Pray for the young people of the church. Pray that God give them a revelation of holiness that He gives them a hunger for holiness, that He gives them a desire for truth, a love for the truth. Pray for the young people in that regard. Pray for the children, that they would be protected, that their minds and their hearts would be protected from the vices of the enemy. Pray for the children's ministry workers and teachers and and those that are involved in children's ministry and pray that God would send even more laborers into that harvest, that they would be anointed as they preach the Word of God, that they'd be anointed it as they share the word of god with those children that, that that word would go forth out of their mouth and would enter good soil pray for the church pray for the department heads and pray for the worship team and pray for the musicians and and pray 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 for the church pray for the church hallelujah pray that god blesses the church that he removes every mountain out of the way that he brings down every stronghold that he casts down every imagination Thank God. And I ask this frequently, and I, and I want to ask it again. If every one of your prayers had been answered that you have prayed this week, how many people would be saved? If all the prayers you prayed this week were answered. What about last week? If God said, all right, every one of the prayers you prayed, I'm answering them right now. I wonder what would happen. You had a good day at work because you said, oh, God, let me have a good day at work. All right you can have a good day at work how big are your prayers what are you praying pray big prayers pray little prayers too but pray big prayers we have not because we ask not pray the big prayers pray for your church attend church build the church serve the church pray for the church hallelujah how many want to have a good relationship with the bride of Christ a solid, well-rounded relationship with the bride of Christ. Thank you, Jesus. A place where sinners can come and be saved. A place where young people can grow up in the fear of God. A place where unity abounds and abides. Thank you, Jesus. Could we stand to our feet right now and just lift up holy hands unto the Lord all across this, all across this building in the name of Jesus. Could we do that right now? In the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Come on, let's pray right now. I wonder if you could pray for the, for the church of the living God right now. In Jesus' name. Go ahead and pray for the church of the living God. Thank you, Jesus. Go ahead and say, God, go ahead and pray. God, we pray that you will... That you will give us the ability to do all you've called us to do. Lord, you're going to give us. I want you to get to praise him right now for everything that he's going to provide to us. Praise him for what he's going to provide to us. Lord, I thank you right now for a new building. I thank you right now for the expanded space. I thank you right now for the means to do everything you've called us to do. Hallelujah. Lord, you own the cattle on a thousand hills. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Nothing is impossible with God. With men, this is impossible, but with God, all things are possible. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus, bless your people. Bless the church, Lord. Strengthen the church, Lord. Send refreshing, Lord. Send refreshing times of refreshing that come from the presence of the Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Now, I want you all across this building, I want, us to pick, I want us to pick an area of the church right now to speak the blessing of the Lord into it in Jesus' name. Could we do that right now? Why don't we speak a blessing into the children's ministry in Jesus' name all across this building. Let's do it. Lord God, in Jesus' name. Lord, bless the children's ministry of First Apostolic Church. Lord, I pray you'll anoint every teacher, anoint every leader. Lord, bless the leadership in Jesus' name. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, let the anointing of God flow through every word that is spoken, every, every effort that is taken. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, that's it. That's it. In the name of Jesus, Lord, plant the word of God deep into the hearts of the children. Lord, bring more children. Bring more children. Yes, Lord God. Yes, Lord God. Do it for your glory, Lord. 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 In the name of Jesus, do it for your glory, Lord. Do it for your glory, Lord. In the name of Jesus, let's pray for the youth ministry right now. Lord God, in Jesus' name, we pray for our young people and teenagers and hyphen age. Lord, I pray right now that you would cover them with your blood. Put a hedge of protection around them, Lord. Begin to order their steps. Lead and guide their thoughts and their actions in Jesus' name. Lord, may you ever be before them. Help them to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things shall be added unto them. Lord, bless the leadership of the youth department, I pray in Jesus' name. God, I pray that you lift them up and anoint them to be preachers and teachers. Hallelujah. Prayer warriors, singers, soul winners, musicians, Lord. Anoint their eyes. Anoint their hands. Anoint their mouths. Anoint their minds in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Let's pray for married couples right now. Lord God, we pray for every marriage. For every marriage in First Apostolic Church in the name of Jesus that you'd cover it with your anointing, oh God. Lord, drive back the adversary. Drive back the devourer. In Jesus' name, let marriages be strong. Let them thrive. Let them be a testimony of your glory. A testimony of your greatness. Oh God. Oh God, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, Lord, let husbands love their Christ, love their brides as Christ loved the church. Lord, let wives submit themselves unto their husbands as unto the Lord. Hallelujah! Let marriages have mutual submission of love and respect and honor in the fear of God. Let it be done, Lord, for your glory. Let children be raised up in godly homes in Jesus' name. Lord, we commend this into your hands in Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus, I. I want to pray right now for every single person right now who is unmarried. In the name of Jesus, Lord, I pray for every single individual at First Apostolic Church. I pray that you'll bless them, strengthen them, encourage them, answer their prayers, hear their cry, oh God, and attend unto their prayer. Lead them to that rock that is higher than they are. In the name of Jesus Christ, I pray you'll open up doors according to your will. And I pray, God, that you'll rebuke the adversary and drive him far from them in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Let the joy of the Lord fill their hearts and minds in Jesus' name. Let the glory of God fill their way before them, I pray. In Jesus name in Jesus name in Jesus name. Let's pray for the music ministry right now I want you to pray for every musician pray for every singer spirit of the living God fall upon every musician Lord, I pray that you'll bless every worship leader. I pray that you'll bless every praise singer in the name of Jesus Let the anointing of God flow through them as they minister in song in the name of Jesus Christ As they lead in worship hallelujah may we be gathered together into the glory of God into the presence of God so that your word can find good ground. Hearts that are ready hearts that are receptive and open in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ Lord let there be a a continuity in Jesus name so that when the song is lifted and the praises are lifted that the windows of heaven are opened and the power of God comes upon on the congregation of the righteous oh blessed be your holy name oh god blessed be your holy name oh god Hallelujah. Let's pray right now for the preaching of the word at First Apostolic Church. In Jesus' name, Lord, I pray right now in the name of Jesus, Lord, for the preaching of the word of God. That it go forth without fear, without favor, with boldness, with accuracy, in love, Lord. Hallelujah. I pray that it would prick the heart of every hearer in Jesus' name. Lord, let your word go forth and accomplish that where to it is sent. Let it never return void. But let it be a quickening power. Let it be sharper than any two-edged sword. Let it pierce to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit. And to the joints and marrow of the bone. Let it be a discerner of the faults and the intents of the heart. Let the anointing of God flow. Hallelujah. Through every vessel that stands behind this pulpit. In Jesus' name. Speak, Lord. Speak, Lord. Speak to your body, Lord. Speak to your bride, Lord. Lord, give us your unadulterated word that we may live, that we may grow, that we may thrive, that we may know you, that we may become like unto you, O oh God. In the precious name of Jesus, let's pray for the elders of our church right now. Lord, I pray for the elders of First Apostolic Church that you would minister to them and strengthen them in body, strengthen them in mind, strengthen them, Oh God. Give them a joy that comes from your presence, for in your presence there is fullness of joy. And at your right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. Lord God, I pray that you'll comfort them. I pray that you'll give them great, great joy and strength and peace and hope and happiness. In Jesus' name, be the lifter of their head right now. Be the lifter of their head right now. Lord, we have shut-ins that aren't able to be here. I pray you'll minister to them right now. Let your spirit go to them and minister to their hearts, minister to their minds. Strengthen them, oh God, I pray in the precious and the matchless name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, the righteous. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, lift up your hands and praise him. Let's praise him like it's done. Let's praise him because it's done. Let's praise Him because as we pray it, it is done. Hallelujah! Come on, let's worship Him because as we praise Him, as we pray it, it is done. In the name of the Lord Jesus, Hallelujah! 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 Be drawn near to us in the presence of a holy God. Hallelujah! In the presence of the Lord, in the presence of the Lord, that's where you'll find everything that you need.